0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. let's for a record, we got a son in Phoenix too. 52 to...
1: Hey, what's up everybody, and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix Podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? This week on the show, we're gonna talk about this nice little 7-4 run that the Suns have been on. And then as always, we'll do our game recaps and game previews for next week.
0: Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. And an update on our bet question. Last week's question was how many points will DeAndre Ayton score against the Knicks? I said 16, Charlie said 21, DeAndre Ayton had 26 points, and we needed all of them, so it was awesome. But the winner was at 70inthegarden on Twitter who guessed 25. So our boy Sundarus Dunks was dethroned. So congratulations to at 70 in the garden on Twitter. Be sure to pay attention throughout the show for our bet question. And you can tweet at us at sunny and PHX with your answer to our bet question.
1: All right. And let's talk about this last 11 games that the Suns have played and it's a seven and four record. That's the way we started the season out. And if I remember correctly, I believe we were all very, very excited after that 7-4 and four start. But in this 7-4 and four stretch that we've been on, it doesn't quite feel the same way. I don't know if I'm jaded after the, I believe we came off an eight-game losing streak, and then the 7-4 and four stretch. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm just not as optimistic after this 11 games, compared to the first 11 games?
0: I don't think I am either. I think we've had a few tough losses. We've had good wins, for sure, but losses against the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Hawks, made things tough. I mean, the Grizzlies are actually a pretty good team. We'll get into that later, because we play them this week. But losing to teams like that, that we should beat, is really tough but we've had some really good wins and you know i think it's important that we focus on that we're we're a little more than halfway through the season right now our record is 18 and 24 so one of those is a win so technically we're on pace to win 34 games because we had 17 wins at the exact halfway point but i really think we will win more than that i think we're starting to find our groove here
1: I think so, too, and you can just thank DeAndre Ayton for that, and we've all seen him play these games this last week, and we'll talk about him more while we recap these games, but he has been looking so good, he's finally back into the starting lineup, and we figured we'd talk about this theme a little bit more, too, because the last two episodes we've been discussing all the change that we've been seeing, and some of it was necessary, some of it, we argue, may have not have been necessary, but... Aiton's back in there, and he's been looking great as a starter.
0: Yeah, he has really started to get into game shape. He's a little bit more aware. He's doing what we expected him to, and people need to be talking about this. If he can keep this up for a few more weeks, I think it's going to happen, because games where he has 15-plus rebounds and 20-plus points, that's a big deal. And he's had a few of those in the last week. So it's exciting. Yeah, it's
1: something that I feel like it's really easy to get used to that. And those are such big-time numbers. Think of our old years of being Suns fans. When have we had a big man putting up numbers like that? It's been since Amari
0: and Shaq. Well, shaq. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, the big shaq Yeah, that's
1: that's still my point. We haven't seen that in such a long time. And the fact that he does that he puts up a double double so easily. It's all really interesting, but the way he's been putting these games together has been really exciting. And something that I I heard was that after the game, someone asked Monty Williams what he said to DeAndre after that big 2020 game. And he said, I just gave him a pat on the back. It makes me that makes me excited because that's what you're supposed to do. DeAndre that's why we drafted you number one we took you above Luka we knew you could do this we knew it was a good fit here and it's finally happening so here's a pat on the back get out there and do it again and in the Celtics game he had another big game so let's get used to this
0: yeah I mean it's we talk about he's a walking double double he can get 20 and 10 in the sleep that's true so when the expectation is 20 and 10 is kind of your baseline one, those are really high expectations. Keep that in mind, but anything above that is just going to be additional and it's going to be so helpful for us to win games. I mean, games like this against the Celtics, if no disrespect to Baines, I know that he's dealing with injuries and hasn't been quite as hot as when he started, but If Baines is starting this game and playing starter minutes, we're not going to win this game.
1: I completely agree with that. And it's been unfortunate how Baines has been kind of trailing off. You know, we talked about the first 11 games of the season. and That's when Baines really was thriving and it hasn't been like that. But yet we're still winning games and it's because Aiton's healthy and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing.
0: Right, right. Well, and you know, we kind of saw this coming a little bit. Bain's playing more than he was used to at the beginning of the season. Having a little bit of a slump is kind of expected, so that's okay. I think I noticed he was starting to find his footing again a little bit, and then in this game against the Celtics, he struggled, and you know, he's doubtful in this game against the Spurs so dealing with some injuries as well you know you can't blame a guy for that
1: right listed with some hip soreness for this one so we'll have to see if he does play in our our next game here against the Spurs but we'll we'll get into that a little later yeah and one other thing I want to round this out with before we get into game recaps Kelly Oubre's missed the last two games due to, con- due to concussion protocol and Mikael Bridges has been in the starting lineup and McHale has played fantastically since being put in there. And it makes me wonder, should Kelly Oubre move to the bench? Does McHale stick with the starters? Is, is Kelly Oubre the missing scoring punch from the bench that we, we really need on this roster? We've had some pretty poor games out of our bench lately. Is Oubre the answer?
0: What do you think about that? This is a really, really, really tough question. Because Mikhail has been thriving with the starters. I know a lot of people talked about having Bridges and Ubre start together. This is interesting though. our bench has really lacked scoring. They've lacked that fire, that passion. They scored our, our bench total bench points in the game against the Celtics was 11 points. We're not going to win very many games when our bench is scoring 11 points. I mean, we're lucky that our starters, who some of them played 40 minutes, just went off. Uh, so we we really do need someone who can make this impact off the bench. And we've seen that Mikhail kind of struggles in that role. Kelly can score on just about anyone. We know this. He's dunked hard on Paul George and a myriad of other players in this league. I just don't know if that's good for his confidence. Is it good to put Kelly on the bench? Is he going to continue to play with so much passion and fire and intensity if he's coming off the bench? I don't know. That's tough. And as a good teammate, if your coach
1: suggests that, you got to make it happen, right? You got to give it a shot, and it sure would be disappointing to see him come out and not be blowing kisses to the crowd after three-point makes if just because he's coming off the bench. So, that 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 is a pretty sticky subject, and you know, egos in the NBA are real things and not that I'm in the locker room or anything and know how that works, but I can imagine that's that's something. But something that I think he'd have to remember is this doesn't mean that you're not going to be sharing the floor with Booker and Ayton and Rubio anymore. This doesn't mean that you won't be closing out games because I personally like starting Dario, letting him get worn out in the, in the first three quarters and then kind of going to our smaller, more athletic lineup to finish. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, the other thing I think is, yes, there will be times where he is still on the floor with Rubio and Booker and Aiton, but those times when he is on the floor with Javon Carter or Tyler Johnson or Ty Jerome, whoever our backup point guard is that day, Ellie, um, and Camp Johnson and Aaron Baines and you know those those backup guys, is Kelly going to get as many good looks Is he going to get as many opportunities or is he going to try to force it? Is he going to go back to when he gets a rebound, he's going to drive down the court and shoot no matter what, no matter if there's five guys on him, like Kobe status, you know, he's gotten away from that a little bit. And what worries me is when he's on the floor with our, our backup backup players that he is just going to go back to bowling his way to the rim, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. That That is
1: a really good point, because
0: if you think of it one way,
1: you think, oh, Kelly off the bench means he gets all the scoring opportunities he wants while he's in there, while Booker's not in. Because if you think about it now, who does our bench unit rely on to score? Is it a Cam Johnson three that, uh, yeah, that needs be set up at this point of his career? Yeah, that's Cam tough.
0: Johnson, Cam Johnson getting set up or Elia Cobo has, he's had a couple eight or 10 point games here or there. Uh, we need more than that, but he has been doing a good job of getting to the rim and, and scoring a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think I kind of assume that that's his, his uh focus when he gets in the game with that bench unit is try to get to the rim, try to make something happen, draw a foul. He does a good job of that. He, that's a good yeah, point.
0: He does. What I think I think Kelly needs to continue to start and I think we need to figure out a way to hone Mikhail Bridges as our scorer off the bench.
1: That sounds tough. It does I don't, sound tough. I don't know if I, I I don't think Mikhail's quite ready for that is the tough thing. And, and I know we I mean, probably went it. into the season thinking Tyler Johnson might even be that yeah. kind of guy for yeah. us.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he's he's Taking a step back this year for sure.
0: Right. That's why, I mean, in the off season, which... Now, usually, we have talked about the offseason a lot at this point. But we haven't very much. But I'm going to do it for just a second. Our biggest need is... Backup point guard, yes. But I would take that a step further, to Backup scorer. Bench scoring is our, our biggest need.
1: Can totally agree with that. And I think... It has to be someone that can get to the rim, too. Because everybody on our roster can shoot the three. Pretty much everybody can shoot the three.
0: Except for Aiton, and I want to see him do it. Right, and maybe Diallo. But otherwise,
1: I'd trust everyone putting up a three here and there. So I think it needs to be someone that gets to the rim. I like what Ellie can do, but I think we need... Man, I'm just... Just any any veteran guy who can get to the rim would be such a good addition.
0: Yeah, and you know maybe that's a trade deadline kind of move, or maybe that's something we try to address through the draft. I don't know.
1: Yeah, or three, some
0: free agency, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, we're less than three weeks away from the trade deadline, so those will be coming in pretty soon. Maybe we'll see some some more rumors, but I don't know. I I don't think James Jones lets on to much. He doesn't let much leak out of there, so...
0: Yeah, he's pretty secretive, which is nice. I kind of like that. I agree. Yeah.
1: All right. Let's recap these three games from last week. And if all we were going to talk about was this first one, that'd be a pretty sad week. (laughs) This was the loss to the Hawks. Final score, 123-110. to And... Man, what what do we even say about this one? Trey Young, we, we kept him quiet through points of this game, but he just really turned it on, and he he has such gravity. He takes guys so far away from the rim that you, you see him make all these long alley-oop passes, and it they were really tough to beat once they got that momentum going late.
0: Yeah, they had a huge fourth quarter. And it's just amazing the difference that John Collins makes on that team. He had 22 points and 10 rebounds. And then you pair that with Trey Young with 36 points and 10 assists. It's like, that's going to be tough. The Hawks are a bad team, yes. But they really, I I don't know if they should be as bad as they are. They have a lot of talent. And the John Collins suspension really hurt them. So, you know, I, I, I think that, in the near future, they'll be pretty good, actually.
1: I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised about that. Because if you think uh, me and you talk about the Grizzlies every once in a while and what they're doing this year, it seems like the Hawks are just a step away from doing that same sort of thing. It seems yeah. like they have the right tools.
0: I could see that like next year, the Hawks being this year's Grizzlies.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you got to talk about... I believe it's Red Velvet, Kevin Herter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that. that I,
1: I think that might be the nickname, but yeah, okay. 23 points and 15 rebounds, eight assists out of this guy. He played out of his mind. He's a, he's a good player. He's a smooth shooter. And uh, Him, Collins, and Trey Young, they just really were able to put us away. Kelly Oubre had 11 points in this one. This was the game where he was concussed, and he actually finished out the game. He played 38 points. Minutes in this one, so it was pretty interesting. A rough game from Kelly, and one thing I have to say, i I've really come around on Kelly lately, and he's been playing great basketball. But when he didn't have it going in this one, and he's smack talking Trey Young, that upset me because yeah, it, it flipped a switch, and Trey was like, "All right, I'm taking over," and it it was visible, and I kind of looked at Kelly like, "Why'd you have to poke him?"
0: Right. Yep, that's definitely true. And we were also missing Rubio in this game because of the birth of his son. So congratulations to Rubio. I don't even care that he was... Well, I shouldn't say I don't care. I do care. I'm glad that he missed this game. That's way more important than a game against the Hawks in January, or any game. So good for him. That makes a big difference. And, you know, Eliakobo starts, plays 21 minutes, and doesn't score. That makes a difference. Kevin Herter has as many rebounds as Aiton and Baines combined. That isn't going to bode well for us. Booker did have a good game, though, with 39-7-3. and 3. He continues to play out of his mind. So, yeah, just keep that going. That's fine.
1: He's Booker has been so smooth lately. And, I mean, if it weren't for him in this one, it would have been pretty bad. But Aiton was 10 for 14 from the floor for those 20 points, 10 rebounds, easy double-double for him. But there were no free throws in this game. Uh, Luckily, in a little bit here, we'll talk about a game where he got to the line for 11 free throws, which is, I think we all collectively threw our hats up when we saw that stat line. (laughs) So, Aiton coming around, this was his last game coming off the bench. So, it was nice to see him come into the starting lineup after this one. And Mikael Bridges kind of started this little great week that he had. He had 15 points in this one. He was 2 for 3 from excuse me, 0 for 2 from 3, 3 for 4 from the line, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. Mikhail is really putting it together. We've been curious about this. We've been waiting, but it it, it seems like he's really confident all of a sudden. It's great.
0: Yeah, well, and to go back to three-point shooting for just a second, that was the difference in the game. We shot 4 for 20 from 3, and they shot 14 for 31. Off-shooting night for us. It's going to happen sometimes. But yeah. yeah, Mikhail's confidence is awesome to see. I know I've been a little bit back and forth on him this year, wondering, you know, maybe he's a good trade piece or really buying in because his defense, his length is so good. But if he can keep up this, this newfound scoring, he's going to be an asset on this team for a long time.
1: Oh, absolutely. And then throw in Cam Johnson, too. There, there's some long boy wings on our roster who, <laughs> who can all do a little bit of everything at this point. I mean, Cam plays better defense than I expected, yeah. really. Yeah, he um, does. If Mikhail's offense comes around, wow. Kelly is definitely a both-sides-of-the-ball kind of guy. So I, it's really nice having those three, and it, it stinks that with Kelly out, we've had to kind of throw them out. And then especially with Cam... We haven't been able to quite reap the benefits of that over the last uh, few games, but I'm looking forward to seeing all of those guys grow together.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, just keep in mind that yeah, it sucks that Kelly's out, but we won the two games that he was out for, right. so it's it's not all bad. Right.
1: <laughs> and yeah, let's talk about one of those wins. We'll talk about the Knicks game. A nice blowout. It was about time. I was ready for yeah. a blowout. Yeah. One twenty-one to ninety-eight. And it was, although the Knicks are the better team, says Marcus Morris. He's a wild man. I don't <laughs> believe he actually said that. But we stomped him, and it felt good.
0: Yes, we did. There's nothing better than beating Marcus Morris. You know what? The only thing that's better than beating Marcus Morris is beating Markeith Morris. But he is he hurt? I haven't heard anything about Marquis this year. Yeah, I haven't that's heard much point. about him. Yeah, yeah. But no, this was a great game. I know it was the Knicks, but it's still good to get a blowout. The last time we played the Knicks, I think we won by single digits, and it was kind of close at the end. It was nice to get a blowout win. This was Aiton's, one of his best games of his entire career, if not the best. 26 points, 21 rebounds, 2 assists. He got to the line a couple times, 4 for 4. He was plus 31 in the game. And on the defensive end, he had two blocks. Those were huge. And then Rubio comes out with that new dad energy (laughs) with 25 points, eight rebounds, 13 assists, nearing a triple-double. I'll take it, though. Ten for 18 from the floor, three for five from three. Oh, this was such a good one. And then Booker. Unfortunately, Booker's streak of 30-point games came to a close on this one because he had 29 points. But whatever. I'll take it. Yeah. Aiden, Booker,
1: and Rubio combining for 80 points. That's, incra- That's nuts. Yeah. Ricky Rubio going three for five from three. I'll take that any day of the week. 13 assists. Four steals. Man, it feels so good. And, yeah, people will say it was against the Knicks, though. Mitchell Robinson can play defense. He's long. He grabs rebounds. Aiton still grabbed 21 rebounds. Something that I've noticed is there isn't a rebound that DeAndre Aiton doesn't go for. He feels like he should be the one getting the, all these rebounds now. And as soon as that ball is coming off the rim, he's he's uh, he's already tracking it. And he's, he's high-pointing it. And it's a beautiful thing. We haven't seen him so aggressive on the glass. And I think after he had this 21-rebound game, he's like, oh, I I like doing that. Maybe I should keep this up. And I I think he's going to be attacking the glass like this, and we're going to see the benefits of it.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, and I, I have a response to this argument. People say, "Oh, it was the Knicks." Well, what do you want us to do? Lose? Mm-hmm. Like we beat them 121 to 98. We did what we were supposed to. Be happy for us for once. Yeah. Jeez. We're
1: Suns fans. Right. We we got to we got to celebrate things like this and maybe right. they keep happening and we won't have to celebrate them like this anymore.
0: Exactly. Exactly. But on the Knicks side, I want to point one thing out. Julius Randle had 26 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. I, I kind of talked about this last week about the potential of if Julius Randall is on the trade block before the deadline, him being a guy that I might be interested in bringing in here, um, you know, seeing what what our starting lineup would look like if we were if we replace Dario with Julius Randall, he made a decent case in this game.
1: I like a lot of the things that Randall can do. But if you can find a guy that he can't bully, it really turns his game around. And Aiton made that very evident. Aiton played great defense on Randall. I'd like to know how many points that Randall scored on Aiton compared to how many Randall scored on everybody else. Right. Because at one point in the game, Randall stopped attacking Aiton. What's the only thing Julius Randall does on offense? He attacks that's all he can do. He bullies his way into the, right in front of the rim. That's how he scores a lot of his buckets. He's a decent shooter. I'll, I'll give him that. He can pull it from three, but that's not the point. Aiton stopped him from doing that. Aiton was a stalwart down low, and he made it so difficult for Randall, you could actually visibly see him take a step back and not go right at Aiton. That got me excited, despite despite it being the Knicks and despite us blowing him out we made Julius Randle stop attacking DeAndre Ayton because he played such great D on him.
0: Right. Well, and that's a good point too. I feel like Dario charge does fit our offensive scheme a little bit better. We already have that guy. We have two guys who are going to bully you down low in Baines and Ayton. I don't know that we necessarily need to add another one. It's, you know, Monty's system is shooters everywhere surround Booker and Aiton with shooters so yeah it might not be the the best move but just an option
1: maybe he's our guy off the bench that can get into the lane like we're talking about
0: (laughs) maybe maybe yeah I don't think he'd like moving to the bench though probably not Yeah. yeah that's a good point
1: all right well this win felt very good we were due for a blowout victory, and we, we got it in this one. And we'll move on and talk about another victory against the Boston Celtics where Devin Booker plays some good basketball when he goes to Boston. If you Yeah, haven't he heard, seems
0: to like it. He seems he to likes enjoy playing it, in
1: Boston. Uh, we can confirm that. In this game, he was just one assist away from a triple-double. He had 39 Celtics. points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. Also, two steals. He, he played a little defense while he was at it.
0: 14 for 15 from the line. And then, you know, Booker, if you haven't voted for him in all-star voting, there's still one more day. It's it's January 20th, the day this comes out. So I'll do that thing again for anyone. Okay, Google, vote for Devin Booker in the NBA all-star game. Hopefully that worked for some people. Um, trying everything we can to get him in. But one away from a triple-double, so close. He He's been very good lately. Uh, Him and Aiton together make such a huge difference because Aiton had 26 points, 15 rebounds in this one. He was 8 for 22 from the field, though. Where did those points come from, you ask? The free throw line. 10 for 11 from the free throw line. Finally! Finally! He's understanding this. It makes such a huge difference. And then he also had two blocks. And Mikael Bridges. We gotta talk about Mikael. 26 points. That's gotta be his career high, right? Oh, I can't confirm that, but it's got to be close to it. It's got to be. I'm going to look it up while you're discussing his game, but I'm pretty sure it is.
1: So Mikhail was fantastic, 6-for-8 from downtown. We haven't seen Mikhail shoot that many threes in a game yet this season, I believe, or make it this kind of rate. And it seems like his hitch has gone. It seems like everything's coming off so smoothly and some of these were big clutch three-pointers, and seeing him do all of this all in one game, all put together in a meaningful victory, felt really nice. And he kind of sealed up the game with that shot where he got into the lane, and then it rolls around the rim, it hangs on the front of the rim for a split second, and then finally drops back through the net. That felt huge. And Mikhail getting these moments and this confidence, I think this is what might propel him to really continuing to put this stuff together. Mikhail was fantastic, but I gotta go back and talk about Aiden. Did you did you find the career high? I did, high? yes.
0: 26 is his career high. And I also found, while I was looking, Mikhail and Miles Bridges are not related, but Mikhail does have an older brother named Eric. Wow. Yeah.
1: Good to know. <laughs> Thanks, Mitch. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, twenty-six is his career high. All right, yeah.
1: He was fantastic. Ten for thirteen from the floor. He was he was our man and it, it didn't come from the cuts to the rim. It it was from three. And we don't expect that, but we'll take it when it happens. But I want to say something about Aiden. Yes, he was ten for eleven from the free throw line. When's the last time that he shot so poorly in a game, going eight for twenty-two? but still ends up with 26 points and 15 rebounds and a couple block shots. He's into it. Uh, A lot of his shots, a lot of those misses were heavily contested shots. Uh, Tough ones off alley-oops and tippins. I'm not sure how many exactly, but then there were still some of the shots where he would pull from the elbow, seem a little too quick for a shot like that. That still is happening, and you know what? I want to talk about that for for yeah, just a second. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that that shot would actually set something up. He's so apt to pull that jumper. But what's it going to do if he makes one? Is he going to is the defense going to come out on him a little harder? You'd assume that's the idea. But right. once that happens, do we ever see him put the ball on the floor and successfully get to the rim?
0: I don't think we have. And we kind of saw this a little bit in the Knicks game because he he was hitting that shot pretty consistently right. in that Knicks game. But yeah, he, he really he can do it, but we don't see him pump fake very often. I think he's still really gaining a grasp for his own pace, because in the Knicks game, for instance, he was much more patient, he wasn't rushing, and he hit a lot more of them, but as you're describing in the Celtics game, he kind of went back to some of his old tendencies of a slightly herky-jerky shot, getting it up really quick, not taking his time. Uh, I know... That this is kind of counter to Monty's offense, that whole .5 that you need to pump fake, shoot, pass, dribble in, in .5 in half a second. Uh, but Aiton, I think it's okay for him to take his time just just for a little bit longer and find him himself on the court. <laughs> that sounds so like no. find himself on the court. But that awareness. Zen zen yeah He need but he needs he needs some increased court awareness and the only way that's going to happen is by playing in games that's not something you can simulate in practice
1: right here's what i think everybody on the roster gets 0.5 except for deandre he gets one, one. If <laughs> if he's gonna be back in his way down towards the rim yeah you know i'd love to see that be the let that be the thing that sets up the the short mid-range jumpers. I'd like to see him get into the lane, pump fake, get his guy up, draw some fouls, do some work at the rim. And then when you turn around, that guy's not going to want to guard your jump shot. He wants to be ready to, for you to back him down. So that's when the jump shot becomes wide open. And then you draw him back out to that. That's when you work in the post. It seems like he hasn't been able to get that. That sequence going yet But you know he's grabbing offensive Rebounds he's getting his own points That's fine Th- this is probably A pretty nitpicky thing but I just like to See the, right. the inside game get going A little bit more
0: yes I would Too I mean I, w- I still want to See him go towards The basket rather than away on His shots the other thing I want to see Is when he's in the high post at the elbow He shoots A lot from there and he can hit that shot Very consistently I want to see him pump fake, take one dribble, and dunk. He shoots <laughs> that shot so often you know guys are going to bite on a pump fake. Let him do it. They'll blow right by, one dribble, and dunk. He can do that easily. Right,
1: and especially, yeah, like I was saying, make one or two of those jumpers and then draw them out. Then the pump fake will actually work, and then right. you you have the open lane, hopefully. I We haven't seen a ton of that. I don't know how capable he is of that, but... He's a pretty fluid athlete. I assume he can put one dribble down and finish at the. I lane. mean, no we've problem.
0: seen it. We've seen him go coast to coast, right? To you know, grab a rebound or off a block and take it down the court with a few dribbles and score. He can do it.
1: Yeah, and speaking of blocks, I there was a beautiful play. He, I don't even remember which game it in, it was in, but it doesn't even matter. He blocked a guy on the baseline. Gently enough for himself to catch it and come down with it in bounds, you know he could have thrown that one to the to row three or four, but he uh, just kept it to himself and kept the possession. It was so nice. It's oh, it's it's beautiful. A seven foot athlete like that can do some beautiful things. And <clears throat> wow, it just took my voice away. It was
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, you know what I mean. I do, I do. Well, and another interesting thing in this game is Marcus Smart. Had 38 points and he hit 11 threes, right?
1: Yeah, he broke a Boston record, which didn't matter because it was in a loss.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, right. Heard that one before. Yeah. Right? Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's pretty impressive that he did that. I still think of Marcus Smart as a terrible shooter. I know that he's not terrible anymore, but that's how I think of him. But, you know, despite this, we didn't even trail in this game except for at the very beginning. So it didn't it didn't even matter.
1: Yeah, that's nuts. I I still can't <laughs> I still can't believe he shot 22 threes in a game. I know I know that he was a poor shooter. He's having a pretty good year this year. But still I wouldn't expect him to put up 22 three pointers <laughs> Three three non three-pointers is all.
0: Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at this and I'm like is someone hurt? Like, are they missing something? <laughs> well, like, they I were, but... But, I, man, it's crazy. Yeah. it It's... Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. No, you'd think that more than just Kemba and uh, Brown were out. You'd think that they'd have, like, three or four guys out to see a guy shoot that many threes.
0: Right, but, and yeah. I guess... I mean, Kemba and and Jalen Brown being out, does that makes a huge difference, but... <sighs> 22 yeah, threes though. It, that's I, I I don't I don't know that I've ever seen one player take 22 threes. Yeah, and maybe Steph or something. Maybe you
1: Steph. Get, you get over that.
0: But, but Steph doesn't even because do, he makes so many more.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know. Well, except for this game, but yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. We won. End of story. We won.
1: Two games in a row, that's a winning streak. Believe it or not, we call that a streak. and We're taking it into this set of games. We'll preview them right here. And before we do that, as of recording, Sunday night, the Suns are the 10 seed. We're two games back of the 8 seed Grizzlies. We're half a game back from the 9 seed Spurs. So there's some ground to be made up. And luckily enough, we play the Spurs twice this week and the Grizzlies once. And the Pacers in there, too. So we can make up some big ground if we win win these games against the Spurs and the the Grizzlies. It's pretty plain and simple. And we start off against the Spurs Monday here when this episode comes out. And the injury news for this one, we'll start off with that. Kelly is probable in this one. Uh, Coming back from that concussion, sounds like we'll see him play. And then Cam Johnson questionable with a quad bruise. And Aaron Baines is doubtful with hip soreness. So it looks like Oubre is coming back. And we should definitely be happy about that.
0: Yeah, you know, the Spurs The Spurs have improved quite a bit throughout this season. But this is a very, very, very winnable game. If we want to make the playoffs, we have to win these games. This is a very important stretch of this season. And let me tell you, I have been listening to... Other basketball podcasts, the No Dunks podcast, shout out, I love them. Zach Lowe, all of these basketball podcasts, and I was saying, you know what, forget all the other teams, the Grizzlies are going to make the playoffs, they're going to be the eight seed. We're two games out, and there's 40 games left. We, you know, teams like the Suns, the Spurs, even the Pelicans, who are getting Zion back, we all have a chance to still get this eight seed. The Grizzlies have been surprisingly hot. They could cool off. I'm not just going to accept that the Grizzlies are going to be the eight seed, no question. We have an opportunity. If we beat the Spurs twice and the Grizzlies once, we're right in that mix. Even if we don't, we're still right in that mix.
1: Right. The Grizzlies are on a it's a 7 or 8 game win streak right now. That's got to end. They're not that good. They're not going to win out for the rest of the year. So that's going to end pretty soon here. And then as soon as that happens, that just brings us a little bit closer. And then we have them this week, too. So it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, Monday, we got to start off against the Spurs. It's a home game. We're back from the road trip. you got to assume the guys are feeling confident after these wins. Uh, More of the the crew is coming back together, getting healthy. I think we can take this one against the Spurs. And I really want to say we just get them both. I don't even want to talk about the Spurs more than I have to. Let's just say we're going to win both.
0: I'm with you. I I still really don't like the Spurs. But let's talk about the Pacers. Now, this is a game that I would not be super upset if we lost. I mean, I, I want to win, obviously. The Pacers are good this year, though. They yeah. still don't have Victor Oladipo. They're really good. Shout out to Sabonis, Sabonis, Gozags. He's been a beast this year. He's been so good. Uh, another guy that they have, though... Is T.J. Warren, our old friend. And that leads us to our bet question. How many points will Kelly Oubre, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson, our three wings, combine for against our old friend T.J. Warren, who is not known for stellar defense?
1: Oh, that's, that's so true. We used to like to rag on T.J. for not being the best defender or the most willing passer. We used to get on him a little bit for that. But because they're still without Oladipo, I'm just going to say that Devin Booker has another big game because Booker's been doing it lately. So I'm going to go the trio of Oubre, Bridges, and Johnson. They're just going to score 38 combined in this one. TJ's going to play a little defense.
0: Okay, we'll see. I'm going to go with 50. I think we've seen Booker be a smart player, and know when guys have favorable matchups. I could see Booker having 10 or 12 assists in this game because he's setting up Oubre, Bridges, Johnson, exposing Warren. How many times is Bridges going to back cut and TJ's just going to be staring off into space, not moving, like we were used to seeing for Five, six years, however, like he was so terrible at that, and he still is. And I can't wait to benefit from it for once.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like TJ was really good playing the passing lanes at the top of the key, but it seems like when you watch him get burnt, it was always baseline
0: or anywhere
1: else, (laughs) or just not the very top of the key where he was pining to get a steal up in the lane. Yeah, maybe, maybe otherwise. Yeah, that's that could be true,
0: right? I mean, I still like TJ. It's, it's not it's not his fault. I shouldn't be this angry at him but no <laughs> I felt a little bad for him after the Jimmy Butler episode a w- couple weeks ago or whatever that was. I felt a little yeah, I didn't but you did. whatever. chime in on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod send in your guess for how many points Ubrey Bridges and John- Cam Johnson will combine for against the Pacers. All this right. is important, though. I gotta, I gotta mention this. Oh yeah, you're up two one. If you win this, you win the month. If That's I right. win this, it comes down to next week. That's right. So, I hope everyone's rooting for me. You know what?
1: <laughs> Whenever I'm somewhat pessimistic, I think you always win. And this was a pessimistic uh, number from me. So,
0: we'll see. We'll see.
1: I I think you might have a decent chance, but I hope you don't. <laughs> All right, and forget the Spurs. We'll, we play them at their place on Friday. Let's just skip over the Spurs. And then the Grizzlies on Sunday. This is This is the big game. It's in Memphis. It's going to be a tough one. They're hot lately. I just said this has to come to an end at some point. I hope we're not the ones that make it happen. But if we have to be, I hope we do it
0: yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i mean sunday game 4 p.m start it's at home maybe they're a little relaxed you know they had a saturday night out on beale street i I highly doubt that the grizzlies players are hanging out in a tourist area but you never know maybe and they roll into their arena a little bit uh not on the top of their game, and we're ready to go. We we like these matinee games. Um, you know, in in Arizona time, it's uh, a little bit earlier West Coast, so we're ready to go to Beale Street after the game, maybe. Right. So, um, all of that weird stuff aside, uh, we've got a chance. We have a good chance in this game. Um, we, we know what to expect from the Grizzlies. We really have to defend Brooks in this game. Uh, we've got to contain Jaron Jackson Jr. And we've got to watch for Jaw to do something amazing because he continues to do that. Uh, but I think having Aiton really coming into form is going to help. And if Mikael Bridges can play like he has been, we've got a serious chance in this game.
1: Yeah. And man, I I forgot about Valanchunas. and he's the one that really torched us last time we played. That's right, that's right. He is just a
0: he is such still a big man good.
1: down there. We yeah. got to worry about him. I'd like to see, I'd like to see us make. I don't want to poke the beast, but I want to see us make Ja Morant win that game. I don't want to see Dylan Brooks go for thirty points. I want to see Aiden play some good defense on their bigs, but let's make. Let's make Josh score. Let's make him. Let's make that happen because we shouldn't let Aaron Brooks score that many points. Aiton should shut down, decently shut down either Valanchunas or Jackson.
0: And you know what? I I really hope we have Baines for this game. I like Baines matched up on matched up on Valanchunas.
1: I agree. You gotta you gotta fight that muscle with some muscle because, man. Tunis is just a really impressive player. He can take it outside, too. It's He's not going to blow by you from out there, but he'll hit the open three. Which he, is...
0: Yes, and he did that the last time we played them. He right. had a great game last time we played them. So, yeah, I mean, I think things are coming together. We're, we're doing better of adjusting after we have a little bit of film on these teams. And this is a pivotal game. I'm going to say I'm going to use the word pivotal. This is a pivotal game. It's very Love it. important. Love it. All right, but speaking of pivotal games, we are going to be moving to our non-sports section. But today, it's just a non-basketball section. So, we have what I'm calling the Joe Montana Bowl coming up. Oh. The 49ers against the Chiefs for the nice. Super Bowl, we just found out. Yeah, yeah. Joe Montana played for the Chiefs for a spell. I know, yeah. I forget about that sometimes. But, yeah, 49ers, Chiefs, our non-sports question is, who you got?
1: Well, don't want to go in too long, but I'm a Miami Dolphins guy, and I was really sad to see Ryan Tannehill and the Titans lose today. They have Cam Wake there, too. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to see those two get into the Super Bowl and give it a shot. But as an AFC fan, I'm kind of happy the Chiefs made it because I think they have the better chance of beating the 49ers or the Seahawks, whoever it would have been. I was more confident in the Chiefs. So... I'm going to say the Chiefs have already prepared for a big running attack. They just stopped Derrick Henry and the Titans. And we just saw the 49ers absolutely run it down the Packers' throats in this game. So I feel like the Chiefs are ready to stop the run already. And Patrick Mahomes is just so fun to watch. That, that guy good. is hes special. I think he, I think he's going to be the difference in the game. I think Mahomes is going to take home the MVP and the Chiefs win 31-21 is my guess.
0: Ooh, okay. Hmm. So this is tough for me. Um, as uh, my my primary team that I root for is the Broncos, I'm actually a huge Broncos fan. I haven't missed watching a Broncos game in person or on TV in over 13 years. I'm a huge Broncos fan. I'm not as invested in football as I used to be, but they're they're always going to be my team in the NFL. So the Chiefs are a rival. I can't root for them. I think Patrick Mahomes is a likable guy, and I can acknowledge that he's really good, but I can't root for him. I can't root for Kansas City. Now, on the other hand, we have the 49ers, who they are a rival of the Cardinals, now, I'm not a huge Cardinals fan, but I live in Arizona. I've been to a couple of their games. I watched them a little bit this year, and they're fun. I it, It's cool to root for the Cardinals being here. And so, have my NFC team. And the 49ers are a rival of the Cardinals. Now, obviously, my, my allegiance lies with Denver more. So, I'm rooting against the Chiefs more than anything. Against the Chiefs rather than for the 49ers. Um, I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. I've thought that since the beginning of the season. I think George Kittle is a very special player. I think they have a secret weapon though in former Denver Bronco Emmanuel Sanders, who's used to playing Kansas City twice a year and who did play Kansas City twice a year before getting traded. So, he's going to have some insight Ooh. that that it's going to be pretty interesting. I still love Emmanuel Sanders, too. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback. This is going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be close. And I think it could be pretty high scoring. Both these teams have pretty high octane offenses. Yeah. So I'm going to say 49ers with a final score of hmm, high scoring. Um, I'm going to say 35 to 28. Nice. I'd
1: like to see a barn burner like that. Both sides yeah. just... Putting up points, that'd be a really fun Super Bowl. I could get, I could get behind that.
0: I hope, so. especially after last year. I really hope we get a good game this year. Oh
1: yeah. Oh, an underrated moment from today's football games or yesterday's football games. Jerry Rice just repping the 49ers with the giant 49ers chain with the bling <laughs> on it. It was. Yeah. It just made me happy just seeing Jerry out there. I really, I loved watching him when I was a kid. He was the man and. You know him and Chris Carter. Both those guys were so fun to watch. And then Randy Moss and Larry Fitzgerald, like all those guys, I just love. I love wide receivers. That's what I played when I was a high school footballer. So
0: <laughs>
1: I, I appreciate the the wide receiver position. And those guys were all so fun to watch.
0: Former Denver Bronco Jerry Rice. He was a Bronco for one training camp. Ah, yeah, that's even, like he might have played like one preseason game. Yeah,
1: I can say Chris Carter is a former Miami Dolphin. I he yeah. was there for some short stint, I believe.
0: Right. Yeah, it's kind of funny to see these guys' career and how different it is than than basketball.
1: All right, that does it for this week. We thank you all for tuning in. Check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod. That's on Twitter and Instagram. And these are some big games this week. Let's hope the Suns come out. I want a three and one record this week. How about you? four and oh. 4 and oh, 3 and one one of the two please suns make it happen we'll see you next week go suns